720 WGN high atop Chicago in the Skyline studio and excited to have on the line one of the most iconic voices in music, rock and roll Hall of Famer headliner when it comes to both concerts and cocktails, the Red Rocker himself, the one and only Sammy Hagar. Welcome to WGN. Hey, well, thank you. <laughs> I, I like that intro. <laughs> like, you know, not just a rocker, but, you know, king of cocktails as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, think about think, that. Uh, well, I got to tell you, you know, Dane, I think I might be the guy that invented. No, you know what? Frank Sinatra invented walking out on stage and having somebody bring him a cocktail. He'd stand there halfway through the show, light up a cigarette, which I would never do. And, and you know, bring up a, a martini and stirred up a couple olives and sit there and sing a song with a martini in his hand. Well, I mean, it, <laughs> oh, my God. Fits, I, I stole it from him. No, I, got it from I mean, it fits right through. There's obviously a huge impact in the world of music, all the solo stuff, and, of course, his front man for one of the greatest bands ever in Van Halen, still rocking it with Mikey Jason Vic, new album from The Circle. But I got to tell you, though, Sammy, when it comes to street cred, on the spirit side, there's absolutely no one who has done what you have done. You know, celebrities are getting out of the spirits game. You've walked that walk for many years, Cabo Wabo, Beach Bar Rum, and now Santo, long before, long before it was a thing. Yeah, I got to admit that uh, it, it just, when I was, when I started the whole Cabo Wabo thing back like in 1988, I built a brand and sold a tequila brand before any of these other guys even got in the whole business. They weren't even thinking about it yet. And then, and now, you know, I see a lot of interviews and uh, magazine articles in Spirits World about, you know, George Clooney, you know, started this trend. And I'm going, George Clooney, they stole it from me. <laughs> I, I was too early. So, you know, I didn't, I don't get half the credit for it. But, I, you know, I don't need any credit. It's really a fun, fun business. I mean, everyone probably thinks I'm a good businessman. I'm not a good businessman. I just have a lot of good ideas and I work hard. Like, in other words, if I get an idea, I go to work on trying to make it happen. I don't just throw it out there and see what happens. No, I freaking roll up my sleeves, you know, go on tour, put a, a stage together, the Cabo Wobble stage that I did with the Wobbles years ago and have waitresses bringing me drinks and, you know, promoting Cabo Wobble and become the number two selling premium tequila in the world. Oh. And after I sold it, I'm going, I miss this stuff. So I started Santo. I started rum first, Beach Bar Rum, and then I started Santo. But it's a fun business. I can't, I can't tell you how much fun it is. Well, you look at it, what you did on the proof of concept side, there are so many people who probably refer back to Cabo Wabo and say, this is how it can be done. This is how you can have fun with it, have it be a successful business. But Sammy, I got to believe back then there wasn't, you know, now it's probably turnkey, right? There's probably, it's so you probably had to learn a lot about the business to create those relationships to even get the thing going. Oh, yeah, the road is paved now, man. I was four-wheeling, brother. I was off-road. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely in the boonies, you know, invent, you know inventing the, the, the process of how do you do this, you know. And I remember Warren Buffett hired me when I wrote my book, and he read the story, the Cabo Wabo story about how I built that brand, not knowing anything about it, the business. I knew nothing about the business. I just did it what I felt in my heart. This sounds like fun. Oh, I can do this, and oh, I can do that. And it, Warren Buffett hires me to speak at a, at his um, GE summit that he does every year for like a thousand of his CEOs, presidents of all of his companies. And he had me speaking, right? Wow. And I'm going, why did you want me to speak? He had me interviewed by Becky Quick. I think her name is a financial lady on TV. Anyway, I said, why'd you have me do this, Warren? I said, man, I'm a, I'm not, I don't even have an education, man, much less a CEO quality. And he, he goes... I read your book and you think out of the box and you got to teach these guys out there how to do that. Cause he said, they're just going by the book, man. <laughs> and he, he was totally impressed with the fact that 
I did it without any knowledge of it. And that's what made it fun. It was exciting. You know, every time something happened, you go, oh, wait, all right, that worked. <laughs> well, the one thing that's exciting about it, I could tell the other artists w- that, that are in that, you know, trying to get into some kind of business like this. When, when I would walk into a bar or a liquor store or a department store or whatever and see Cobble Wobble on the shelf at the back bar, it would be so friggin' exciting. It'd be like, oh my God, they have my booze. Oh man, I'd be jumping up there. Hey everybody, I'm buying, man, I'd be buying. You know, they would deplete about three bottles. You know, in the early days, I'd get so damn excited because it's like when you wrote a song and you heard your song on the radio for the first time. When I was in Montrose, I'm driving down the street and I heard Bad Motor Scooter or Rock Candy on the, on the radio for the first time. I mean, I about peed my pants, man. You know what I mean? It was like, my God, oh my God. I couldn't even hear it. It was, you know, I, it, I'm listening, but it, I was so excited. You can't even hear it. You want to hear it again. Well, let me hear it again so I can see what it sounds like. And so it, it's like that. It's, it's honestly that close to being to music. I was going to, I was going to ask you that and to have you share that is so cool because it's got to be, you know, cause it's, it's like your baby and it's like one of those things in the totally. brain. And then to see it there at the, you know, at the store and liquor store, it is exactly like hearing your song on the radio. It really is. It's it. So, you know, that's, that's how you relate to it. And to be honest with you, the way you, you promote it is the same way you would promote your music. What do you do? you got a new record. You go out on tour. You do interviews. You talk about your record, and they play your record. Well, you could do the same thing with your booze. You kind of go out on tour. You invite, uh, you know, let's some big department store. Like in Chicago, you'd invite Benny's. You know, you'd invite the buyer from Benny's down and to, to this concert, bring them backstage, treat them like rock and roll stars, and then they get to taste it. You say, come on, let's let's." Have a, have a shot there and they're going wow this is really good and in the right environment it even tastes better so <laughs> and then they get to see a rock and roll show and the next day you're in Benny's you know it's it's really it's it's kind of the same process that you that's that's the way I did it it's well, not normal way to do it but I, I, I well did yeah, I mean you you're a special kind of ambassador for it I gotta say too on the rum side you look at the correlations on the music what you have here with Sammy's Lost Cask I mean it's really like the equivalent of like an unreleased album right or historic lost concert exactly. <laughs> you're nailing it, Dane. You're nailing it. You're telling these folks out there, everybody that's listening, you're hearing exactly how it works, That what makes people want to do this. Like, you go, why would you want to be in the liquor industry? It doesn't matter. It could have been. I could have been making broomsticks or something. You know what I mean? It's just kind of. It's kind of the same thing. But, but the, Sammy, the lost casket. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It's like I forgot about it. My, how does that phone call happen? Mistake. Because it isn't the kind of thing that you would like normally in this business. And they'll let the listeners know. You know, you wouldn't let it. Just you would have done something with it before now. So I think it's just a a benefit to like the fans and to you and everybody that you have this. So how, so what was it a phone call saying, "Hey, are you going to ever pick this up? What was it like?" Yeah, almost. It's so funny because it, it was almost that stupid. So the the deal was I used to make the rum in Hawaii when I first started in Maui. Pure cane sugar, cut down the cane, take it right down the hill from Haile Miley to this uh, old CNA sugar factory that opened up one little section to make my rum for me, to make turn it into sugar. Then they drive it back up to the distillery and, you know, do the whole nine yards and make this wonderful rum. But it was so expensive to make, you know, white rums you can buy a bottle of it for like nine dollars not mine but you know about 17 dollars it's a little bit higher end stuff but the, the this rum was from hawaii it was about 40 bucks a bottle and nobody was going to buy that but anyway so we i said let's just put some in barrels and um you know had four or five barrels and and the fans used to go up and visit the, the distillery and and we'd have them sign the barrels you know and say hey you know sign the barrels while they're up there so the my my 
distiller. So we got these barrels with all these signatures on them, and they were stacked up in the corner in the back. Because eventually I said, I can't make the rum here anymore. It's too expensive in Hawaii. I'm moving to Puerto Rico. Went down to Puerto Rico, found people to make the rum that I wanted to make. And and then I just forgot about it. It was just sitting in Hawaii at this place, and that's exactly what happened. Finally, the guy that owns it, the Lebecs, called up and said, what do you want to do with those barrels? And, and they told my, my guy that ran the president of my company, at Sammy's Beach Bar Rum and Beach Bar Cocktail Company. And he goes, he goes, what rum? And he, he <laughs> said, well, let me talk to Sammy about this. He calls me and goes, do you know anything about some barrels? I said, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, you get busy and you move on and, you know, you're just kind of going through your life. I would have taken it out in about four or five years yeah. because, it, you know, I was going to taste it all the time and see how it was doing. And, and boy, for it to have gone 10 years is just a miracle. I would have never had the patience to wait. Every year I'd have been saying, oh, this is so good, we got to do it now. You know, because it, it's after about four years, it just starts getting really good. And rum is like that. It gets concentrated and it gets caramelized and it gets, it just turns into this thing that's just different than any other booze. So anyway, so we just pulled it out and had these beautiful bottles made and, and, and designed this wonderful label and said, what are we going to call it? I wanted to call it R.I.P., rested in paradise because <laughs> it was rested oh, nice. in Maui, you know? And so it's kind of nicknamed RIP, but it's really, it's the lost cask. It's just like when you're, you make, you write some songs for an album, you have a few left over. They're just stuck in some corner somewhere on this little piece of tape, you know, sometimes even a cassette and they, you know, it's thrown in a closet. And one day you go to open up that closet, you go, oh, what the hell is this? And you start digging through, and you go, holy crap. You know, I remember, I've got 12 good songs in here, you know. So. Well, these are going to be same, amazing. Same it's like two ninety nine. You talked about the bottle. Of course, you're going to autograph each and every one of them. Just Only 75 oh for my birthday this year. We're only doing 75, and it's random. So you can't order it. the same price for all of them. And and if you get a signed one, you, it's like Willy Wonka. Come on, you get the golden. What was it? The golden candy bar. Or the something golden like that. ticket. Yes. <laughs> so so when you came up with the bottle and you were designing, it's kind of like the album cover. Where where you're thinking, okay, well, this is going to be something that the people are going to keep, right? This is going to be a keepsake. It isn't going to be just another bottle, even of something great. So how was that thought process? You want to keep, you know, Sammy's, you know, Beach Bar Rum vibe, but you want to have it be special. Yeah, that, exactly right. You know, the guy that does all my logo stuff and my album covers, the same guy, Todd Galapo, who did, you know, every every record I've made since uh, uh, Red Voodoo, going, going way back to with um, right after Van Halen. He's done all my liquor bottles, my posters, blah, blah, blah. So he just started going to work on it. And little by little, we're going, you know, what what do we want it to look like? So, well, it's got to be clear, nice and clear glass so that you can see the color of the, of the rum because it's gorgeous. And, you know, then how much information can we get on the bottle without cluttering it up? Because there is a story here. So he just went little thing, little thing here, little, how about this, how about this, how about this, how about this? And when it was done, I'm going, holy crap, make about 10 extra bottles. You know, we don't have enough booze to fill them all, but make me about 10 extra bottles. I'm going to sit them around the house, put candles in them, you know, nice. <laughs> old school, you know. It's, it, it is. The packaging is not over the top. It's just right. It looks it looks like it's right. We're you know, going to have pictures of WGNRadio.com for that. And what a gift for the fans, too, on this. And, of course, how they can get those 75 bottles. On, you know, when, when it comes to, like, your life and making music that people love and celebrate with, and, you know, the two spirits, whether it's a rum or tequila, they're both really aligned with having a good time. And as an example, you don't see a lot of port wine concert series or big parties based around scotch. Are the spirits 
that you, Sammy, love and love to make. Um, are they your favorites because of maybe the total vibe, the camaraderie with other fans of those spirits, how they're getting together for good times, or is it just a coincidence? No, no, it's exactly, it, it's, you know, how I feel in life. It's the way I, I like, like, in other words, if I'm going to go out on a night and, you know, get a little buzz on and play some music and have a good time, which is, it started at the Cabo Wabo with it's tequila. It's really, really the drink, you know, and, and the way I like to drink is I'll do I walk in my dressing room or in, into the bar and I'm, I'm getting ready. Got an hour from to go on stage. I'll do a shot with a few friends and then maybe, you know, a few minutes later, we'll do another shot. And then, okay, that's it for me. Everybody else said, oh, give me another shot. And then about eight shots later, they're on the ground, you know. So I <laughs> I know I got breaks on my car. So then I, I just, I'll sip a margarita. When I walk out on stage, I'm sipping a margarita, sit it down, play some music, get sweat going, get so, you know, all of a sudden you don't even have a buzz anymore. Maybe do another shot, you know, here and there. So you just pace yourself throughout the night. Shot margarita, shot margarita, shot margarita. And, and that's my tequila rock and roll, fun, 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 nighttime thing. During the day, when you're poolside, I don't drink much during the day. I, don't, I really don't like to have a buzz during the day. So if I'm going to have a some kind of a poolside or beach cocktail, rum is the perfect thing because it's a mixer. You mix it with some nice juice, uh, some bubbly water, and a little, you know, a slice of orange, a slice of lime. You know, it it's rum is the, the more gentle uh thing for just having a good time being sociable friends the afternoon you get some place four or five o'clock in the afternoon you don't want to start pounding tequila you know you have a, a nice rum cocktail and and that's why i made rum and the idea is of listening to music you know you sit there and yet you, you if you're listening to my music or you're in my cantina one of my restaurants or cantinas and and you're drinking my booze and you're listening to my music you get a full experience. That's that's a lot different than listening to Led Zeppelin and drinking Jimmy Buffett's beer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have pictures up and links at WGNRadio.com. Just a, just a dream life, Sammy Hager. When you first started out, obviously, it's every kid's dream. I mean, on your business card, to be a rock star is one thing. Maybe, I don't know, a fighter pilot or something like or heavyweight champion of the world, right? There's some other cool titles, too. Did you think that when you got to be... 75, you would still be kicking it. You would still be rocking huge crowds and that you'd be signing, you know, not only like girls, right, but also or albums or whatever, <laughs> but you'd be signing your own cookbooks too. <laughs> Buddy, this is the dream I never dreamt. Okay, this, you're 100% right. I've gone so far beyond my dream that it's, uh, I just, I don't know how to explain it. Either I'm the luckiest guy in the world or the hardest working guy in the world or maybe both, but you know, I, I never, I really, really never dreamt this one. You know, I, I dreamt to be a, a rich and famous rock star. That that was it. I mean, and I thought I would be that. When, when I was dreaming that, I thought Montrose, the level I was at in Montrose, would have been that. But it wasn't. <laughs> you know, as great as Montrose was and all that. I mean, when I left Montrose, I was broke, man. I had to go on unemployment. And... It's like, you know, people say, what? I'm going, yeah. You know, I know the record sold about 7 million records since then, but at the time it had only, you know, sold about 80,000 records. You know, we were, we never were even on the top 200 and we never headlined anywhere except for Paris and San Francisco, two places we were huge, but, um, you know, the rest of the world, we were open for anybody, you know, and so, 
you know, I just, that dream, I, I realized then that the dream might have to be a little bit bigger. So I started dreaming a little bit bigger. And, but it, like I said, once the, once you join a band like Van Halen and, you know, biggest band in the world at that time, uh, we were like, you know, it seemed like, okay, there's the rock and roll dream, but it wasn't like I wasn't satisfied and it wasn't like I was looking for the next big thing. No, 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 no. I was totally satisfied. I had enough money and ideas to try to create something else because I'm a creative person and the creative process is the best, the best part of the whole thing. That's what everybody's got to realize, Dane, is that the, what you get in the end is like, damn, that was fun. I want to do that again. You know, it's, you, you, you don't just go, whew, I made it. I'm done. I mean, I don't. I don't even know how to think like that. So it's all it is. One door just opens another door and another door opens another door. Pretty soon you're just saying, wow, I can do anything. And uh, just follow your passion in your heart and roll up your sleeves, brother, because it don't come to you. You got to go out and get it. <laughs> You're one of the hardest working people out there, obviously, right? And But you say the creative thing just kind of takes you in different directions. You've taken all of your fans along the entire time for that ride, whether it's the flavors, whether it's the music, whether it's all of the fun and excitement, always that, right? If you look up fun and excitement in the dictionary, there's a picture of uh, of Sammy Hagar. So, Sammy, <laughs> I, I want to thank you for, for what you do and all that you have done and given. And, of course, now you've got these extra uh cast with the lost cast we'll have links up for that and of course all the cool stuff you and guy are doing with santos so thanks for jumping on the show today hey dane thank you man i i love uh, i love what i do obviously otherwise i wouldn't be doing it i'm just looking i'm sitting here at my house i'm looking out at the beach right now saying it's calling my name so yeah good i'm gonna go take a walk on the beach and i'll be back and then i'll go back to work <laughs> I'll, I'll invent something new so, all right thanks buddy i want to tell all the redheads out there i love you more than them probably uh, you even know and uh, without my fans Brother, I'm just some guy sitting around with a dream. You know what I mean? They help, they come true. 